this week, I argue with myself all about video games, both physical and digital. I hope you guys enjoy Frantic Thoughts, episode 61. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Frantic Thoughts, the video game and entertainment podcast that nobody asked for. Yeah, that's just going to be my tagline from now on, I guess. <laughs> uh, this is the podcast where I sit down every single week, talk a little bit about video games, I pick a topic, talk about some news, recommend some fun stuff, and uh, it's nice, short, little commute podcast, 30 minutes to an hour, and uh, have a good time doing it. So I'm going to start the show just like I always do with the topic of the week. The topic of the week this week is digital versus physical gaming. <laughs> so this all stems from a tweet that I posted. So there's these little tweet, like little meme things that people were using. I said meme I mean meme things that people were posting. Kind of looked like a little bunny with a little sign. It was basically ASCII art. And you put like, you know, something that you believe on the sign. And it's like a little tweet. It's hard to describe. But basically I did one that said, uh... I didn't even pull the tweet, but it's fine. It basically said, it is okay to buy digital games I, no matter what, basically. It's fine to buy digital games. Uh, the reason I posted this tweet was because, yeah, I feel like a lot of people that are collectors get it in their head. I'm not. I'm going to go through this. This is just how I feel. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm going to say that ahead of time. But a lot of collectors in their heads think, okay, well... This game is digital only, so why would I put my money towards that when there's a possibility of a physical edition? And a lot of times, a physical edition never comes, and they never end up playing these fantastic games like Cuphead, like Hellblade to Noah's Sacrifice, and games like this. And um, I personally haven't played Hellblade, so I'm guilty of not playing that one, but um, I... Uh, it, like I said, a lot of these games will eventually come to physical. So, the thing that I find a little frustrating is, um, these games are so good. Of course, you can buy what you want, right? These games are fantastic, though. But then you're just like shutting your brain off to anything that is a digital-only game, which uh, it kind of ends up being a bummer to me because a lot of times these games come out digitally, and then if the digital sales are good enough, they can afford to print copies a lot of times too or they get picked up by limited run because oh this game actually has some traction and it's actually popular from for some people you know uh there's titles like i'm thinking vvvvv um i'm sure it had a physical version at some point but it's probably limited if it did or like super meat boy or you know games like this that they thrived and they survived on digital only platforms and uh also one like maybe Let's see, what what was I thinking? Braid, that's a good one. Fez, these small indie titles that are just unique, different games that you're never going to... I need to stop saying different. I noticed that I've listened to my podcast, like recently I've been listening back uh, on all my new episodes, and every single time I'm like, yes, that was different. So now every time I say it, you guys are going to hear it too. I don't know, it's like a re really weird tick, I guess. <laughs> anyway... <sighs> There's a lot of really good games, 
that are digital only. And then a lot of people that are physical only collectors will turn their brain off and will never ever even consider buying these games because in their brains they don't own the game or there is no trade value for this game so they're putting money into just a game and that's it so i i get this me mentality right but honestly for me digital gaming is fine uh, i'll put my money towards it for my viewpoint on all this right now i'm just gonna say right out the gate when it comes to digital and physical gaming, I go where the deals are. So if Steam has an amazing deal on this game that I've been looking forward to, but I'm like, ah, I'm going to wait for it to go down a little bit, you know. I'm going to buy it on PC and play it on there. But if I go on to, like, one of these great Twitter accounts like Cheap Ass Gamer or Warrior64 or whatever, and there's, like, this price error or there's, like, a really good deal on this game, like, uh... On Rush recently, I got on a price error for $16, you know. Honestly, where the deals are, I'm going to be. Because in my brain, I'm not... I do collect games mildly. My collection habits have really fallen off since... I made a podcast last year. It was one of the very first podcasts I did, probably within the first 10 episodes I made of this. And I was like, why I collect video games, you know. And honestly... I don't really collect video games as much as I used to. I used to go out and I would buy everything I saw. Now, if I don't really want to play a game, I don't even grab it. Like, it, it's like, oh, this game might be a little valuable, maybe, but my mind doesn't even think about that anymore. I'm just like, am I going to play it? No? Okay, leave it on the shelf. I know that's uh, another thing that's a. If you're a collector, you're like, that's a weird take. Like, you probably want to pick up anything you can. And trust me, I have had that, you know, thought. That, that thought thought process is something that I was thinking not even maybe a year ago and of course my financial situation is a little different now and I can't afford to do that all the time anymore uh, not because I'm broke but because I like to actually save I've been saving and it feels better to put that money that $15 to buy the game and and put that in my savings instead of have a game that'll sit on my shelf or something um, I do make exceptions, of course. Uh, this is a good example. We went to Half Price Books the other day. I think it was like a couple days ago. And I saw No More Heroes 2 for $25. Okay, so that is actually a pretty steep price for that game. I look on price charting, which if you are not a collector or if you want to know what the average sales price for a game is, go to pricecharting.com. They are what I base a lot of my pricing on and how much something is worth because it takes like an average of all the Amazon sales or not Amazon eBay sales and so that's kind of what it's going for currently based on a bunch of average sales numbers so I do that and it said it was $24.99 for complete this game is a mint it's very minty the case is brand new feeling the, the disc is flawless has the manual and everything and I haven't seen No More, no More Heroes 2 around very often. And then I looked up on eBay, and the game's going for more than that, or about the same price. With shipping, it'd be even more. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet, $25. I'm definitely going to play this game. Bought it, and I was happy I bought it, because I know if I would have left the shop with that game just sitting there on the shelf, I would have been like, fuck, I should have bought that. I really should have bought that, you know. So yeah, that's just an example where I would the physical version if there was a digital version of no more heroes 2 
on my Switch, for example, or even on my Wii U, which this isn't going to happen, but if, it, if there was, if I could get it digitally, I would probably buy it digitally just so I can play it. <laughs> Here's another example. Another, there's something that else that I noticed, and this has also brought this topic up in my brain. Made me think about it a little bit. Spyro Reignited Trilogy is coming with a disc version. I think it's only coming out on Xbox and PS4 right now. But it only has Spyro 1 on the disc. And it's supposed to be a trilogy, right? So 2 and 3 are downloads of the game. You have to actually put the disc in and then download 2 and 3. They're not on the disc locally. A lot of people are frustrated by that. And I see why. Because you buy physical games, you expect everything to be there on the disc. But the problem with that nowadays is everything is updated. So this is probably an outlier. This is something that probably shouldn't be this way. I think that they probably should have two and three on the disc, especially if they plan to sell this in areas without good internet connection. But new games, modern, modern games, even games going back to PS3, 360 era, last era, last era of systems, they require an update for almost every game you play. And these updates could be massive. Just take No Man's Sky, for example. This last update is, I think it was like a 90 gigabyte patch to get everything up to snuff. So if you went out and you bought that disc for No Man's Sky, like I have a disc for No Man's Sky on my shelf right now. Okay? Just say out of some weird fluke or in the future, let's say it's 20 years down the line, I still have this disc. But I don't have the patch for No Man's Sky. That 90 gigabyte patch is in the cloud somewhere, but I can't access it anymore because they have shut the PlayStation Plus servers off or whatever, you know. Say it's like 2035 or something, whatever. So this is what people think, you know, think about when they buy physical. But if I pop that No Man's Sky disc in there without the patch, I'm just going to be playing base, unpatched No Man's Sky without all of this cool new bells and whistles that people are going crazy for and I'm not really playing the same game as it was remembered like from now you know what I mean so with all the with the way that developers have to patch games and the way that you know release dates work and how they had to have to get games out at a certain time and uh, they put a game gold before it's completely done and then they have to patch it when it releases when you buy a physical disc nowadays you're not really buying the full game anymore so this is why I kind of like, I used to be this way. Like I used to think, oh, I have to get the physical version. I really hope that they do a physical version of Hat in Time. This is what I was thinking last year. I really hope they do a physical version of Hat in Time because I want to buy that on my PlayStation on a disc. Oh, I really hope they do a physical version of Cuphead because I really hope they put that on a disc, right? And when the games came out, I just bought them and played them because I was so excited about them. But if they did actually come out with a physical version of either of those games, like an actual legit one, because I know Cuphead came out with a physical edition, but it was just a code, so it's like, why? <laughs> There's no point in that, you're just buying a case at that point. Um, but if they actually came out with physical editions, I would support the developer again and buy it physically, just so I can have that, you know, physical feel, that feel like, oh, I, I own this in my hand, so I understand the feeling. But if you really just want to play a game, there's nothing wrong with playing it digitally and buying it on a digital service. So 
When it comes to digital versus physical, it's really up to preference. But please, do not... This is what I want to say. If, you, if you're a collector and you see a digital game, at least give it a second chance and just buy it digitally and try it out, even if you have to wait for a sale. Because you're missing out on a lot of really cool games that will most likely never come out on that physical edition that you want. So, um, I had another note here for a streaming future. So, they have this, uh, this is kind of in the news, I guess, but there's like this new Xbox thing that leaked. And they're talking about a streaming-only box for Xbox. There would be no physical format. Do you, I don't know if this will be the future of games or not, because they haven't really proved that this streaming game technology is actually like up to snuff i did talk about this a little on another podcast but basically the infrastructure isn't there right now i don't think to where we could have this latency free or very very low latency gameplay experience so imagine trying to play like a first person shooter third person shooter uh any action game really a fighting game anything with like 10 millisecond 15 20 millisecond lag so you push that button there's not that instant feedback that you're used to. Whoa. That was loud. You're not you're not getting that instant feedback that you're used to, right? So what So are they ever going to actually figure out this streaming technology to be actually as good as it's going to be and then all these physical collectors will probably stop playing games because I think they're trying to get everything to be almost like Steam is. And I'm this is coming from somebody that has like over 300 Steam games or more, probably. I don't even know anymore. I can look it up, but I don't I'm I'm not going to bother. <laughs> um I think Steam's a great service. Uh it's very convenient. I tell you that much. And I know that the fact that you buy a game and it doesn't feel like you own it because I can revoke the license at any point. But I do own a copy of Alan Wake still, and they did revoke that from the store. That's not in the store anymore, but I have a copy of Alan Wake on Steam. But people worry about the future. I don't know. I can't think that far ahead. I guess I'm not like that. Uh, My brain isn't wired like that. I'm like, you know, I can play the game now, and in the future if I can't, oh well. Um, But that's just me. I I, I can see how that makes people uncomfortable to not have that... uh, Feeling like, oh man, I know that this disc or this cartridge will work in 30 years. But for me, I'm like, as long as I can play my games I want to play right now, I'm happy. I know that topic was a little bit rambly, but we're going to go ahead and do recommendation. Recommendation minute is one minute worth of recommendations. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the second to apologize if you guys hear my AC. It is literally 108 degrees Fahrenheit outside today. So I'm like, you know, I usually turn the AC off when I record these because it has a slight hum in the background, but I really just cannot turn it off today. It's too freaking hot. It's already hot in here, and my AC does not keep up with the heat wear very well. So I'm just like, ah. anyway. Recommendation minute, we're going to start it in three, a two, a one, go. So I want to recommend going to Round 2 Gaming's Twitter handle. I think it's round underscore 
underscore two underscore gaming and look at all the c3 pictures actually anybody that was from chicago cartridge con go look at all their pictures uh on youtube there's dj13's youtube channel he has a day one chicago cartridge con which is like a minute long and it just shows a little bit of footage from all the people together um there's podcasts um i think we got what am I thinking? Polykill and uh, Flock Talk and a bunch of other, anything Cartridge Club related, go to cartridgeclub.org and look at that stuff and re listen to the podcast and all that good stuff. Because C3 looked like it was an awesome time. So that's my recommendation for the week. And also be good to each other and go find a Disney movie you haven't seen and watch it. Trust me, it will make your day. So that will be Recommendation Minute for this week. The next part of the podcast is what's happening, what have I been doing this week. If you guys didn't listen to last week, that talks all about my vacation, and that's the main thing I did this week. I got engaged to my girlfriend of eight years, Sierra. That's the biggest thing that happened to me this week. And it was awesome, and I'm super happy that I did it, and we're really happy, and everything's going good. Um, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 2 a lot. <laughs> Um, I put about 20 hours in so far, maybe 15 to 20, something like that. And I freaking love this game. And I used, I played this game a couple times in my past and I always liked it, but maybe since I'm older, I'm becoming like more appreciative of the, you know, the different systems and all the fun stuff they have in there. The game is, wow, really? I stopped my alarm and it went off again. I guess I might supposed to snooze instead. Anyway. It's super fun and uh there's that timeless river level where you go back in like old school mickey mouse cartoons oh my god it freaking i was getting chills playing that part i'm like this part is so good you could tell the people that made the games really care about you know the lore and the history of disney and uh it's just super fun kingdom hearts is awesome i'm so happy that i'm digging into it I actually understand all of the weird Organization 13 plot lines and all this stuff, and I actually can follow along now, and it feels really good, and I'm so happy that I'm doing this. Uh, my plan is to play through all of them, at least watch all the cutscenes, at least get all the story before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out next year. There's a ton of games coming out in the next couple months, so I say I'm going to play all the Kingdom Hearts games, but <laughs> I don't know. There's too many games to to count coming up next like in the next couple months so i kind of doubt i will but hey at this juncture that is my plan so yeah also we've been watching the new season season of orange is the new black and i'm just like eh i'm i'm kind of done with this show i really want to we're so far along in the show i'm just like hey let's just end it please let's find a finale let's make it a final season something because i don't know it just feels like it's just dragging and dragging to me and uh, we're watching it i want to finish it but i'm not loving it like i used to uh we went and saw teen titans go to the movies and i just want to say that movie was really good it exceeded all my expectations it was super hilarious uh it has a very specific style of comedy though so if you guys don't like that kind of uh immature in your face kitty kitty comedy i guess i would say more like a that TV show, Teen Titans Go. If you don't like that type of humor, you're going to hate this movie. But for me, I thought it was really funny, and the parodies were spot on. The spoofs were really good. And 
it kind of just makes fun of superhero movies and superheroes in general and it actually has a pretty good message too and i think it's a fun movie especially if you have a kid i think kids will really love this movie i love how it's animated it's really well animated there's actually different animation styles inside this movie i don't want to spoil really much of it but i recommend watching it if you love you know superhero movies because it's kind of a takedown and a build up of superhero movies it's really fun good time teen titans go to the movies uh, movie pass is dying <laughs> uh, we're gonna keep our movie pass for a couple like they it feels like movie pass is in it's like limbo right now we had some issues with the app you guys know if you guys don't know we are subscribers we have been and i was looking back if MoviePass was the fold, you know, like, actually fold, because apparently they ran out of money or something recently. I didn't really read into the story much more than that. Uh, but um, if, if it went away, I'd be fine with it, because we've seen 30 movies uh, with MoviePass in the last, like, five months. Like, that's six movies a month. $10 a month. We're like, that's a steal right there. I'm not complaining whatsoever. So if it went down, I'd be fine with it, because I got my money's worth. But I would really miss it because it's such a convenient thing. Of course, it, it saves us money. That's always a plus. Um, I really hope they just raise the price of Movie Pass to like maybe twenty-five bucks or so, and then say, "Here you go, twenty-five bucks, and it's the same thing." You know, one movie a day, even thirty dollars a month would be worth it. You know, to me, because we watch a lot of movies with it. So I hope it stays around. I hope they figure something out because to give it up i don't want to give you up i don't want to let you down oh my god that was horrible anyway <laughs> uh one thing i i want to just reach out to you guys you guys know of a good digital art tablet like a one i could write draw on and make art with on the pc i'm looking for one around 80 bucks maybe a little bit less and i want to get one because i want to start trying to make some web comics and some t-shirts and some art and i can draw it on paper but it's hard to scan it in and it's hard to make it work right and every time i do it i don't really like how it turns out as much so i want to get one for the pc so i can draw and make some cool art on the pc so if you guys have any suggestions for that that would be great because there's a lot of them and it's hard to figure it out <laughs> so uh, i mean there's that's about it that's going on with me besides the vacation the vacation was the big thing so if you guys want to hear more about my week i'm sure you don't but if you do listen to that episode i thought it was a fun one uh it was only posted like four days ago so yep episode 60 i guess yeah so yeah here we are <sighs> all right we're gonna go to the next section The news of interest. It's the news of interest. Do you live? <laughs> uh, some quick hit news. Nothing too crazy. I thought this was really cool. June's best-selling video game console was the NES Classic, which is super cool. Let's see. Is there like numbers on this one? 
Okay, the best-selling piece of video game hardware earlier this summer was not the surging Nintendo Switch nor the dominant PlayStation 4. It was a miniaturized version of the Nintendo Entertainment System. That's that's the word from retail analyst analyst. I can't talk. Analyst NPD Group, which reports that the NES Classic was June's 2018's highest unit-selling hardware platform, while the PlayStation 4 led the market in dollar sales. But that's really good because. The NES Classic was only $60 compared to the, you know, $350 to $450, $450, $400 PlayStation. So that's freaking incredible, and that's cool as hell. I think the demand was so high for this, and then when they brought it back out, and they were actually suppliers were there, like they actually had supply in stock. Like I went to a Walmart recently, and there was like a ton of them including the controllers. So since people could actually get their hands on it, people bought it like hotcakes. And of course they did. It has all the classics on there, you know, and then eh, people really want it. And a lot of people use it for emulation machines too. So that's really cool that that's just a nice headline to see that the highest selling console last month or in June, actually. So it's August now, but it's technically about a month ago. (laughs) Um, the best-selling console in June was not a PlayStation 4, was not an Xbox One, it was an NES. That's just neat. I thought that was a neat headline, neat little story. Um, GameStop is killing its uh, power-up rewards Elite Pro membership, which this thing has only been around for like, I don't know, not even a year. September 13th, 2017 is what this article says. Uh, GameRant.com, I don't even know what the site is. I just Googled this story and then bam, this was the first one that popped up. But yeah, um... Uh, Here's the official email. The pro membership included the following benefits. 20 points for every dollar spent, 10% off pre-owned games and accessories, 10% extra trade credit on games, accessories, and tech. Buy two, get one free pre-owned games. Welcome offer. Exclusive pro day sales with over $4,000 in savings annually in Game Informer and other exclusive offers. So I think the only thing it really added was that 10%, 10% in the extra 20 points for every dollar spent. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just another thing. Like Best Buy's Gamer Club went away. Uh, it's been about four, four or five months ago. They stopped selling it, and then this is happening now. So yeah, that's kind of crappy. <laughs> let's see. Oh wait, what is it? Oh, let's see. That's just the pro memberships. Oh shoot. Oh. Okay, the pro mem- the elite pro membership. Wow. So I'm sure people are correcting me already. The elite pro membership, which is ending. This is confusing as shit to me. <laughs> I don't deal with GameStop. I just thought, you know, it it kind of connected to the Gamer Club Unlock stuff. So yeah, I thought it was important. Uh, <laughs> elite pro membership of the program, and it offers 30 points for every dollar spent, 20% off pre-owned games. That's really good. $20 extra trade credit on games. That's really, really good. Um, and then they have collectibles, welcome gift, and a free two-day shipping on purchases of $35. So that's really good. Wow, they're getting rid of that. That sucks for those people that actually use that. I'm sure there's plenty of people that went and got that 20% off pre-owned games like all the time. I mean, I have Gamers Club unlocked still until next year. I actually re-upped mine just in the nick of time. So... If I didn't have it, I don't know what I would do. As soon as my Best Buy card goes away, I just, I'm not going to be buying games there anymore. I'm 
probably just have to buy mostly everything on sale. So these uh, little subscription things are going away and people think that Amazon is next because they still offer 20% off new games for the first two weeks, I think. So, oh, actually, I think you have to pre-order. If you pre-order, you get 20% off. That's what it is now. So, yeah, that's probably going to go away soon and there's not going to be any of these crazy good deals anymore. That's just unfortunate. So, yeah, from a bummer to a random news story, I just wanted to talk about it because they have something awesome here's the title this is from what is this website the takeout.com it's and it's in the gawker family i guess uh so yeah takeout.com inlays 2018 chips suiting america regional flavors the best come from the central time zone so they have these new chips that sound freaking awesome my fat boy senses are tingling. <laughs> uh, let's see where we got. Where are the like the lists here? Okay, so the good news. This is from that same article. The good news with Lay's 2018 lineup of new chips is they've taken away for now the public contest element, opting to include eight new flavors inspired by regional American cuisine. The flavors seem less wacky than previous campaigns, and by dialing back the gimmick tree, these chips, for the most part, passes the repetitive hand-to-mouth taste test. The caveat, each of these eight regional flavors will only be sold in stores until September 23rd in their respective markets, though they can be bought online. So, here are the flavors. We got, hmm, hmm, they actually say they all, these all taste good, too. So, um... I actually saw a different one at my job, too. It's not on here. But they have Cajun Spice, Chesapeake Bay Crab Spice. Nah, pass on that one. Uh, let's see what else we got. I'm expanding this so I can read it better. They got New England Lobster Roll, Thai Sweet Chili, Pimento Cheese, Fried Pickles with Ranch. I'll, I would eat that. Fried Pickles with Ranch? Hell yeah, I love fried pickles. It's one of my favorite appetizers. Give me some appy, appy, apps. App, app. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Chili con queso. And then they got G deep dish pizza inspired by Giordano. Giordano's. Uh, that's a Chicago thing. So that pizza looks freaking great on that packaging, too. I want to try all of these. <laughs> um, so these are all... This is just a random news story. I know it is. I know it is. Sorry, guys. I just had to talk about it. I had to. I had to. I had to. Anyway, I saw one that uh, my store, which is Ruffles, and it is bacon-wrapped jalapeno. Bacon-wrapped stuffed cream cheese jalapeno. Those things that I like to eat, which I'm probably going to make for dinner tonight or with dinner tonight. <laughs> but, yeah, if you guys want to buy these, you can order them on the internet and try them. I will probably order myself a couple of these to try them. And I was thinking about buying the deep dish pizza one because that just sounds super good and I don't think I can get it here. So <laughs> the deep dish, deep dish pizza is only available available in the heartland or mid-America. So nope. <laughs> Uh, the chili con queso I can get in my store, so I'm gonna grab some of those. <sighs> yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. Anyway, that's about it for the podcast this week. Really weird news story to wrap it up. 
but you know i love weird snacks you know i was gonna make i had all these video video ideas one of mine was a video series just reviewing snack foods so eh, who knows <sighs> but yeah we're wrapping up the show uh my goal for tomorrow so if you're listening to this on thursday on fridays i want to try to stream every friday so this is not a promise that it's gonna happen but this is something that i'm working on doing it's gonna be called drum roll please 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 it's gonna be called the frantic friday free plays frantic free play fridays damn it i messed it up frantic free play friday that is a tongue twister and that's the point it's three f's frantic free play fridays so that'd be a streaming thing where i play random games so it'll probably be sometime in the afternoon on fridays the goal is just to pick a game i'm playing currently or one i want to talk about and just stream for a few hours and just have a good time and uh basically it'd be like if i'm gonna do minecraft it'd be like minecraft frantic free play fridays and i'm probably gonna stream it on mixer and then the archive will go up on the youtube channel for people to watch at least that's the idea so far and i'm announcing in this is this now so hopefully i can make it a thing because uh usually on fridays i'm home by myself and i can get these things taken care of and it should be fun so hopefully i can do that and uh if it doesn't work out do not hold me to this so yeah i think that's about it for this week uh, if you want to find me, I'm at, at Frantic Society on Twitter. It's Frantic, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y, the weirdest Twitter handle ever. Anyway, also we have a podcast called The Trade Paper Cast. It's all about reading a comic and discussing it monthly. It's a monthly comic book book club. It's at Trade Paper Cast on Twitter. We're on iTunes with that one as well. You can find it on any podcatcher. Just search Trade Paper Cast, all one word, if you've ever been interested in comics or anything of the like. We have the new next issue is going to be all about Seconds by Brian O'Lee, Brian O'Malley. O'Lee Malley. What is the name? What is his name? Seconds, 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 seconds. I got to look this up now because I'm going to. Don't want to butcher it too much. <laughs> seconds comic. What is it? Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley. I was right on one of those. <laughs> so we're going to be reading that. It's uh, relatively short. You can get it for about 15 bucks online. Um, probably get it for cheaper for Kindle or something like that. But if you want to read that and uh, listen to the episode, it's going to be live in a couple weeks over there. So that's going to be fun. Uh, also, if you are listening to this, you want to keep this discussion going, talk about digital and physical games, go over to the the cartridge club forums it's cartridgeclub.org slash forum click on frantic thoughts click on episode 61 and you'll find this episode and there'll be a little discussion there we'll have a couple of little conversations going on and uh, we'll have a good time thank you so much for listening to this really rambly episode of frantic thoughts but i think every episode of frantic thoughts is a little rambly because it's me talking to a mic staring at a computer screen but trying to be fun and entertaining and hopefully you guys enjoy. So thank you for listening and I'll catch you next week. Bye. That was a weird one. That was really weird. Bye. Bye. See you later.